Hey everyone, Ryan here. Before today's show, I just wanted to say a quick word about Jonathan Sharks from The Ringer, who sadly passed away this week after a battle with cancer. Moose and I didn't know Jonathan, we'd never met Jonathan, but we'd both long admired his work before we were a part of The Ringer and definitely since we joined. His appearance on podcasts and his writing was something that both of us loved to read, loved to hear and always checked. We want to send all our thoughts and love out to his family, his friends and everyone at The Ringer, past and present, who knew Jonathan and who loved him. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio podcast. I'm Musa Konga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? Uh, I'm okay. How are you? I'm very well. We are in the airport. I feel like we have to keep it quiet. We don't. We don't have we to don't give our voice. No, 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 no. just being quiet. We're in an airport. We're in an airport, yeah. This is the first quiet. time we've ever done this. It is. Recording on the run. Not the last. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> we're going to get the last chopper out of here. They found us. Exactly. They found us. So we had <laughs> we're, to... actually hiding, we're actually hiding in a toilet, <laughs> <laughs> hoping that they don't uh, take our residency permits office yeah, the, location, the location is not undisclosed but that's because we had to abandon the last the last site so yeah all good. <laughs> this is the first time we've ever recorded i think on the move that's true i actually quite like it the things we do to get I the feel, podcast out i in feel time. like a method podcaster actually do you yeah i do i feel like very hushed so anyway to, to give everyone a bit of a disclaimer at the top of the show so we are recording this in berlin brandenburg airport yes in the very furthest bench away from the counter of a cafe from civilization and we're overlooking the food hall and there's a pocket shop and stuff so you may hear some noise in the background people walking past some cases maybe some announcements absolutely if you if, if you hear a ha- our announcement um, we'll just wrap up the podcast <laughs> and have to go and you only get however long so it's a race against the clock so yeah apologies for any background noise but this was literally the only time we could record today's podcast to get it out on time yeah yeah so any admin Right's house uh, I don't think on its so. own feed. That's right. Go and find it. If you haven't subscribed already, it's not on this feed anymore. If you go to the Right's house Twitter account, there's a thread of links. I think the only one that's not on yet is Google Podcasts because that's just taken a while to update, but everything else should be there. Uh, you, me and Flo are going to be on this week with Ian. That's right. Yep. So that'll go up Tuesday afternoon slash evening UK time on the Right's house feed. Don't forget to check the ringer.com in general. And... Is there anything else we need to shout out yet? No, no, we're good. We're good. I'm going to do that thing where I say we keep it brief and then we go for an hour. No, no we'll keep it brief. We literally can't go for an hour. We've got a board suit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, we will talk about 
some stuff that happened from the weekend and a few other bits. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Do we need to talk about the fact that there wasn't any football in England this weekend? Because obviously the death of the Queen. Football was postponed. Prob- Suspended. Yeah, probably a little bit. They were prematurely? Quick. Prematurely, yeah. I, I think, think so, I think so. Pretty much every other sport went ahead this weekend in England. At the discretion of the individual clubs, I think, for some like rugby league, rugby union. Mm. I think it was a mistake, to be honest. I think um, it would have been an opportunity... I mean, not not to forget. I mean, the fixture list, which is just wild for yeah uh, for players already this year. But just in term in terms of what it meant in relation to the national moment, I think it would have been a good opportunity for people to get together. Those who felt very strong about paying respects publicly, but also I think for people who we're in a tough time in the UK at the moment. Mm. People are going through a lot, and I think that a lot of people would have had an away trip or a home trip planned. Yep. Just as some catharsis. A lot of people lost lost out on work as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the, the knock-on effect of it was quite huge. Yeah. I also understand those who are pro-monarchy saying that they felt it was the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that what what happens in that scenario is that you then, it doesn't, If for those who want to mourn and mm. take time away, yeah. games going ahead doesn't stop that. Yeah. But for those who want to pay respects at the game, if they want and, to pay respects. And I don't think, also, I don't think crucial, I don't think games going ahead is disrespectful. No, I think what happens with football is that it is treated slightly different to other sports in the UK, specifically, specifically England, I think. Mm, yes. And I feel that maybe. There's a class were, element there. There's there is a definitely element. a class element there. Yeah. And I think that they were probably worried about the odd speckle of misbehavior. Mm. And they probably just pulled the lot. I mean, it's as if the Euros didn't happen and people didn't realise that there was actually a huge amount of patriotism in the UK. Like, and the Queen was like, look, there have been, we both studied history at school, there have, have been far, far more unpopular monarchs than the Queen. And I'm not sure there's been a more popular one. I agree. I'm not sure there's been a more popular monarch than the Queen. There might never be a more popular one than the Queen, like in the context of the UK and the context of England. So I don't know. I just felt like, I don't feel strongly about it because I, you know, I, we're abroad, you know, we can, we see these at a distance. I, I think it was a mistake. That's just, my, yeah, view. just my view. By all accounts, it looks like football is set to resume from tomorrow in England, well, in the UK, police permitting. So that's the latest information. Yeah, there's a challenge with resources, isn't there? Police. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, that, and obviously there's, there are Champions League and Europa League games this week. So yeah. we'll see if that affects those. But um, we will be doing a podcast on Thursday. We're trying to figure out how we could do that because we might literally not have time to, but we'll update everyone on that. Yep, yep. Um, all right, so the stuff that did happen, there was plenty of football that went ahead. There was. Do you know whose time it was this weekend? <laughs> Depends how existential we're talking. It was, the, it was the Bundesliga's time to shine. It was. And it did shine. But before we get on to the Bundesliga... Which is the most exciting league in Europe at the moment, at time of speaking. We need to talk about the Superclassico very quickly. We do. Just... Because it, was, it wasn't a, it was just a league game, but it was 1-0 Boca. Yeah. Against River tight Plate. Game, tight game, as the score tight suggests. Game. Not Bened- many chances. No. Benedetto scored and then jumped the barrier and looked like he was trying to scale the fence at the Bombonera. <laughs> and, I, and I was watching his celebration just go, like kind of thinking, keep going. Yeah. Keep going. I, I wanted him to go all the way to the wanted to see how far he was going to go. Like, Spider-Man <laughs> climbing up the <laughs> Amazing atmosphere as per, yeah, very tight game until he scored. There wasn't much. I think the comment actually said like that was the first 
there was an effort just before Benedetto scored and the commentator was like, that's the first kind of real effort we've had all mm. game. And there was a moment actually after Boca took the lead about 20 minutes, about five minutes in the end actually, when a Boca player slashed it high and wide after a really good counter that Benedetto had sent up, uh, set up. And you really saw like what I would call Derby finishing. Like it was such an adrenaline based finish. It went like sort of 20 yards over the bar, but it was mm. like this game was like the pressure was unreal. And you saw that kind of give at the end where Marcos Rojo, who's now the Boca Juniors captain, which is incredible, um, sent off for a reckless high tackle. Now, I mean, I wrote this down as a yeah. unreal karate kick to the head of Dela Cruz. It's wild. I don't think he got a red card at United, which is a funny thing. Really? I think he, I think he avoided well, he was. I think he avoided twenty threes all the time. He, avo- <laughs> he avoided reds pretty well at United. Um, actually, let me let me just check that. Sorry. Um, he didn't get in as much disciplinary trouble as people might expect United. He's actually a very good defender. We don't have time to fact check it. So yeah, we don't have to. Just, we're gonna, gonna keep moving. Well, everyone at Okwonga. at me if I'm in trouble. <laughs> but yeah, as a, as a game, not the most exciting fair. But the, the only thing about this game was it really inspired me to like go into a bit of a deep dive back into River Plate mm. because so many great players have come out of there. And the one that I ended up settling on was uh, Enzo Francescoli, one of my favourites uh, from back in the day. I ended up putting together my kind of dream team of players. Who, who Pep hadn't coached. Oh, and I was wow. like, I'd love Pep to coach these players. And I ended up with a midfield three of, of course, Redondo as a DM, Rui Costa and Francesco as the two eights. Wow. How gorgeous is that? So that yeah. is gorgeous. Thanks, Inspiration River Plate. Sorry you had to lose, but thanks for the inspiration. In England, the cancellation of football, the postponement of football also affected the Women's Super League, which was set to return and set to return in the main stadiums of those clubs this weekend. But the NWSL was on and featured an absolute wonder goal from Maria Sanchez for Houston Dash. So if you haven't seen that, go to the Houston Dash Twitter account, go and check that out because it was an absolute unbelievable goal. It reminded me actually a little bit of, it wasn't the same, but you know, Modric is where he kind of cut inside a couple of weeks ago and just kept going and kept going and kept yeah. going, but from the opposite side. Oh, Celta Vigo. Yes. And didn't yeah. celebrate, which is like, yeah, that's no, just what yeah. I do. I mean, yeah. she had a little bit more space to get into, but she still hit it from way out into the far corner. But it was, yeah, it was an amazing goal. But um, let's go to Germany because this for me, was a very pivotal weekend in the Bundesliga. Let's start with the main news. Yeah. We're on the top of the Bundesliga and Freiburg a second and we're heading into, well, we're in, we're in the middle of September. The main reason for that is because Bayern dropped points for the third straight game. Right. It's three draws in a row in the Bundesliga. They drew two all at home to Stuttgart thanks to a late penalty from, it was Garassi. The Stuttgart scored the penalty. He also had... I think he hit one against the bar as well earlier on in the game. There was a def- slight deflection. And Stuttgart had two goals disallowed. The first one, little touch on Kimmich in the box. Kimmich just gives up. Mm, I don't know if, I think it was a little bit soft, but I can understand why it was given. Um, it was much like, it, it, was, it was, put it this way, it was softer than Christian Eriksen, the Christian Eriksen, right. Erdogan thing in the Arsenal Man United game. Or Manchester United Arsenal game, sorry. A couple of lovely goals in this game from Tell and from. Musiala, Musiala, it's just great form. So five or six already this year, unbelievable this season. But Stuttgart were really, really, really good value of it. Really, really good value of it. And um, and this is a team that now stayed up. Now he stayed up last year. So yeah, after being really impressive on their return to the Bundesliga the year before, uh, Mavropanos was unbelievable in this game as well, and he's been an an unbelievable. He's been he's been amazing since he's been there. To be honest, massively deserved from Stuttgart and Bayern are. I don't think they're in trouble, but they've got to figure something out. They're looking invincible. We are going to talk about it on Wright's House this week about when you remove someone like Lewandowski from a side. Yeah. We're going to use the, the, 
the Benzema at Real Madrid thing as well, because even though they won the game on the mm. weekend, you know, you really notice when Benzema's not there. They had to bring last, in the seniors. He did yeah. last, senior, uh, yeah. last season as well. Do you remember when he got rushed back for the PSG Definitely. game? Well, even you look at the Atleti, when Atleti won the league mm. and Real came second, they had no business being that close. Mm. They had no business. I watched a lot of those Real games that year and Benzema dragged them through yeah. so many matches. Yeah. So Bayern dropped points, as did Dortmund, who lost 3-0 at Leipzig. Marco Rosa's first game in charge against his former club and Leipzig looked good. Dortmund did not. Leipzig were just surgical. Um, yeah, they were. And they beat... The, the painful thing is they beat Dortmund using the style that Marco Rosa was supposed to bring through at Dortmund. Um, and, I mean, Leipzig badly needed this. They weren't lacking for motivation after, you know, their recent troubles in the league. And the, the interesting thing with Dortmund is, I think it's almost, it's, it's not, I'm not going to sort of write off a team after a few games this season, but I think instinctively in the Bundesliga, we look to Dortmund to be the main challengers. I'm not sure that's necessarily sensible. They've been very unlucky with injuries, mm. for one thing. Yeah, I mean, obviously Sebastian Aller, yeah, but the threats that Bayern, I mean, the threats that Bayern might come from other, other teams in the league. I, I'm wary of saying that because Bayern just have astonishing depth. And I think at some point that kicks in. But the thing I would say about Union, and they have to get their credit, or as Fischer has to get credit, the way they've reconfigured that front line and the playing style, but also the way they can absorb, they can now play on the front foot. They can play for set pieces. They can shock absorb, which they did against Köln, who've started well. And this is the thing. Union have played some tough games. The Baumgart derby. Stefan Baumgart, shout out to him. There's a very good penalty shout and um, he was frustrated about it, but it was brilliant because the commentators were kind of trying to push him into a place of controversy. He said, no, this isn't mm. about disrespecting Union. Yeah. They did really well. They defended, you know, beautifully from the, uh, after three minutes, there was an own goal that gave um, Union the lead and thereafter they just soaked it up. And They're a really, really good football team. To do that in Köln, like, I mean, people aren't always conscious of the atmosphere, but to go there and do that and someone actually wrote me on Twitter and was like, they're not that good. They lost to Union St. Galois. And I was like, hang on a minute. Respect them too, because they're a good they're football a really team. Good, they're, they're a really extremely good well-run club as well. Very well-run club. So don't disrespect St. Galois. People, denizens of Twitter. Um, don't disrespect any club. But yeah, absolutely. But specifically, because Union, like you look at their games they've played, they've played some tough fixtures. Mm. They beat Leipzig. They got the draw against Bayern. Uh, they beat Köln away. That is like... They deserve to be there. That's, deserve- yeah, that, that's an elite run of form. Yeah. Union... 100% deserve to be top of the Bundesliga right now. Yeah. It's just, that's it. They've got Europa League at the first arrive for the first time. It's like, I, I don't know how many times we have to say how good a job Urs Fischer has done. It's unbelievable. But he, yeah. he has done an unbelievable job. And there's a really interesting thread that Kit Holden wrote, which I think Kit Holden's written a book about Union. I think so, yeah. Um, and he wrote a thread earlier that I checked and it's, it's good. It's well, well worth checking in that it feels like fans understand that things are going to change at Union, mm. but they just hope that it changes slowly. Yes. And that the club maybe is so, I mean, because there is a lot wrapped up in Union and mm. it, isn't the, it isn't a perfect cult club like a no. lot of people, I think, outside of Germany think it is. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it is a great club, but you know, it has its little elements here and there, little pockets of it's certain It's very much reflection of, like, yeah. of, of the city, of the, of the area exactly. specifically. It's very it's much, a, yeah. It's a club from the old GDR. It carries that kind of history with it. Yes. I think it can be quite easy for those who aren't like keen followers of the Bundesliga or even German history to, if I'm being honest, there's like just a child screaming in the background. I think they were an Union fan. Like, <laughs> don't, how dare you talk about our club like this? <laughs> but there are 
you know, the the breakdown of the teams from east to west and who has pushed through and how how few teams there are from the old East Germany really, really challenging in in, in at the top of the Bundesliga. Yeah, yeah. That's why Leipzig is maybe to some in Leipzig has a very different relationship to a lot of their fans than I think people who who look at the ownership model and the structure, yes. you know, because there's a lot wrapped up into that going back to, um, you know, the selling off of old East German business. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, very it's much deep. So, so it, yeah, I think the fact that Union is changing as a club, because I just think that the, the amount of money that they're, they have access now to now compared to even five years ago, six years ago, before they came up, uh, in that thread that Kit said, you know, there was a, there was a thing when they were top of the, the Schweiter Bundesliga. And they were like, holy shit, we're top. If you had to think of a football club that basically mirrored or was in microcosm or reflected the wider conversations happening in German society, you couldn't do much worse than pick Union because there were just so many conversations, overlaps, cultural, you know, big city versus small town, even in the town of Kerpenick, it's in this like beautiful area. Mm part of Berlin, but also apart from Berlin. I met a couple of Union fans the other day, actually I was out at, um, uh, a, there's a brilliant uh, designer, Aurelia Pamel. Um, she's a Parisian designer doing a show and a couple of uh, Union fans were there. I got talking to them. They've been fans for like 10 years and they were like, yeah, I remember watching them in the third division. I used to walk up to yeah. Union games and be like a Euro to get in. Yeah. And like, you'd always get a ticket. And now, phew, good luck with that. I mean, I remember going a few years ago, took a good friend of mine, Dave, when he came over mm. to visit. It was a Friday night, literally, uh, they were playing Karlsruhe at home on a Friday night. Right, Felix right. Kroos scored an absolute wonder goal <laughs> right in front of us. He literally, literally just walked up, paid 12 euros on the door. Amazing. What was it? Now? Different world. It's I don't, so hard to I get don't even bother really asking for tickets no. now. Like, I remember we, we, when Ingolstadt, they played against them and it was like, I'll never forget, they actually got a good result in that game. But I remember, it was a pre-season friendly I saw Union one time and they lost 4-0 and people just sang for like five, yeah. ten minutes afterwards. And they applauded the players. And they were so like, oh, no, game. we do that. I don't remember, you know, I think it was a preseason friendly. Okay. And they were like, they were just clapping and they were going wild. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. They, they tried really hard. That was it. Mm. They tried really hard and that was it. That's just how they, they treat people down there. So yeah. continues. Yeah, I mean, we props. don't know how long this is going to last, but. Well, you enjoy it while it's here. It's beautiful. Yeah. Because yeah, the journey life, man. Enjoy it where you Same, same with Freiburg. Yeah. Same with Freiburg and Gladbach. Like, well, you know, Freiburg we need to talk like, about Freiburg quick. Yeah. Quickly. Because yeah. they're second. Yeah. And they would have gone top if they'd beaten Gladbach. But they drew 0-0. And uh, what I am now coining the Matty Ginter derby. <laughs> it's a fair result though, I think. I think it was a fair result. Gladbach threatened. Um, Gladbach did create, uh, it was strike uh, about the 11th anniversary of Christian Strike taking charge of the first team. Oh my God. He's wow. been there a long, old time and he celebrated by replacing a ginormous divot on the touchline <laughs> of their semi-new stadium. Lars Stindl was back from injury, which was good for Gladbach, and he played really well. He had a goal. They had a goal disallowed because he was offside. They lost Florian Neuhaus though, which looked bad and actually could be bad potentially for the World Cup because it looked very nasty. He had to be carried off, couldn't move his right leg. It looked like a knee injury. And I'm a little bit worried about Florian Neuhaus because he's a handy member of that German squad. Yeah, yeah, very important. I think the German squad is probably deeper than maybe people give it credit for. But he is a very, very handy part of I that. think the poor showing at the Euros, relatively speaking, allowed him to go under the radar. Yeah. There was a wild few minutes in this game where Freiburg just looked absolutely hell-bent on gifting Gladbach a goal. 
<laughs> I was just like, what are you doing? Trying to play the ball out of the back multiple times. It just went very wrong. And I, I, in that point, I was, I was crying for the feed to just give me a, a like a, just a shot of Christian strike solidly throughout that whole go long. Period. Yeah. 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 Uh, any other thoughts on this game? It was nil-nil, by the way. No, no other thoughts on this game. No. No other thoughts. Well, in that case, take a quick break. Yeah, let's do it. It feels weird doing this in the airport, doesn't it? I love it, actually. Do I really you? Like, yeah, I really like it. Oh, well, in that case, should we talk about La Liga? Let's do it. Because, where do you want to start? Cadiz. <laughs> you want to start Just with because Cadiz? of the news. Yeah. Yeah, not so much on the field, yeah. but off the field, yeah. Go on, then. Um... So I suppose the headline from the actual football, uh, Barcelona beat Cadiz 4-0 mm. um, and they were good value for it and they've got incredible depth. Lewandowski is just demonic and I think a forward who can change the destiny of the league, mm. uh, he's that good. Um, but the real news from this is the fan emerg- the medical emergency. Yeah. So with about five minutes to go, a fan seems to collapse off collapses in the stands. Yeah, Barcelona uh, were already 2 0 up at this two point. Up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do this first and then we'll do the football stuff. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. So, about five minutes to go of normal time, Kanan Ledesma, the Cadiz keeper, sees that the players, um, her fans collapse in the stands, runs over to the sideline, gets a defibrillator, and tosses it up into the stands. And that rapid action, really important because yep. the fan is now stable, yep. um, reported to be stable, and incredible just awareness. Spatial uh, awareness. It's, it's the save of the season. This. <laughs> without question. Yeah, without he should question. just get the Golden Glove uh, award. No, absolutely. Really should. Yeah, really just, should. Yeah, just, just stop it yeah. now. We've seen a couple of incredible interventions, actually. We saw that with Denmark as well. I mean, I don't understand how... Uh, this has happened a few times in the last however long. Players, mid-game, being mm. able to spot something going on in a crowd right. and raise awareness of it to people. And actually, those movements... Because you're you're you are in the middle of the showpiece, mm. stopping it and forcing people to take action of yes. what's going on. It's we've seen it numerous times now how it saved lives. Crucial timing, and yeah. I those just, few seconds of vital. And I mean, I don't want to make this sound like a jokey, trivial point because I'm really not at all. But it makes you understand just how much processing footballers are doing of their spatial surroundings. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Where they can see something and be like, right, that fan's in trouble. We need to help them. Yeah. While Playing in a Everything top else. level game, yeah, yeah, it's wild. It happens to be wild. I mean, but, amazing news that the, the it was quite an elderly fan, I believe, uh, that they're stable and that they survived. Because as we know, with situations like that, every second yeah, yeah. counts, and that's why defibrillators are so important. And just amazing, amazing work. Uh, the game was stopped for how long was it? It Was almost an hour, right? Quite a while. I'm not sure. I stopped minutes, counting. It's about twenty. Yeah, I might be wrong, but I think I, that. But um. At that point, Barcelona were already 2-0 up when the game was stopped. Frenkie de Jong and Lewandowski. Yeah. Yep. Gavi breaking down the right-hand side, cutting it back, slight deflection. Frankie de Jong putting it into an empty net. Bellerin with the pass before the pass with the pre-assist. Bellerin was getting cooked on Twitter. Why? He just was. It's just, you know. Why though? People, Because I, 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 I didn't watch this game live. I had to watch it back. I don't understand. I think he was having a good game, actually. I quite liked it. I thought it was hard... Barca made hard work of that, but that well, wasn't they were heavily fault. rotated yeah. because ahead of the Champions League game this week. Yeah. So well, they got Bayern this week, right? Um, they struggle for attacking thrust. There's no question about that. Yeah, they struggled until they brought on Lewandowski. But Cadiz aren't clowns. No, I mean, as we've talked about before, like this is the first time Barcelona have beaten Cadiz since Cadiz came up. Right. Tough side. Tough in, side. Five, in five tries. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five goes. Cadiz beat them in uh, December 2020. They drew at Camp Nou. 
They drew again in Cadiz and then Cadiz beat them last season. Yeah, yeah. They took so many points off the, the top three. Right. It was a period where Cadiz and Levante were just really kind of fucking up the yeah. title race. <laughs> yeah. Which is fun. I mean, we, we, we love seeing teams lower down the table have a say in, in, in the title race. The disrespect that some of those teams get is well, it's, not it's, nice. I mean, Levante a great example because they, they got relegated, but they never had the depth really. But mm. when on their day, they would unsettle anyone. I think they beat Atleti maybe twice in a few days at one point. It was really, they're superb, Levante. Kingmakers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you want to talk about Real Madrid? Yeah, just quickly, Real Madrid. So they beat Mallorca 4-1. So the second most misleading scoreline, I think, of the weekend. Because Mallorca were very good value for their goal lead. They actually. really were, yeah. They were excellent um, early on. Mariki popped up the far post uh, from a corner, beat Kroos. Kroos lost him with the marking and they went 1-0 up. And Madrid kind of stationed themselves at the edge of the box. They had a midfield three of Ceballos, Kroos and Valverde, of whom more later. And Danny Ceballos looked really good. He really did. He looked was really good. Time, like, yeah. they, they pegged them back really well. Kroos's passing was deep and wide as usual, incisive but they couldn't break down Mallorca who were absorbing that shock really, really well until Valverde went on an adventure. Um, surging down the right, cut in on his left foot and they should have known better. They should have known. I've never seen Real players release so many shots from distance deciding the game from midfield. Kroos released like three or four shots. I haven't seen him shoot that much recently. Tony Kroos. Valverde as well. Captain in Real Madrid for the first time. For the first time? Wow. Apparently so, yeah. I like the armband actually. He looks good. Um, they were really patient Madrid. But the funny thing was, this was such a classic Madrid victory of just attrition, wear them down, bring a couple of the seniors. And you look over and Modric is just sitting there, comes on and just helps them dismantle it. And the second half, they just overwhelm them. Three goals in the last 25 minutes. They're missing Benzema. Last, yeah, 25 minutes. Missing Benzema, but no Benzema, no problem. As the scoreline shows, the problem I think that Real will have, I think, as the season goes on, you look at that bench, there's not a huge amount of depth, Ryan. There's, yeah. um, when he's out, they had Hazard playing a false nine, didn't really work. And that's fine because it's not going to work against most teams because it's Hazard doesn't have the pace, doesn't have the physical presence he once had. He wasn't bad. It's just that Mallorca, it was a threat that they could deal with. And when Benzema's missing from that front line, they drop off substantially. It's not a problem for now because they're scoring freely, but you know, later stages of Champions League, that could be a problem for them. There's an announcement in the background, if in case you might hear, but also a guy just walked past and gave us the weirdest look. Really? <laughs> yeah. What are you two doing here with microphones in an airport? Well, <laughs> sir. It's a fair question, actually. Good day to you as well, sir. We are doing a football podcast. So We're please don't. And then he laughed and ran off and said, suckers. Elsewhere in La Liga, Villarreal conceded their first goal of the season. Yeah. And it came in their first, obviously, defeat of the season. Because you can't lose games if you don't concede goals. This is true. Listen, that is the kind of insight and knowledge, football knowledge, you come, listen, (laughs) listen. First goal of the season they conceded, lost their first game of the season in Betis. Betis were really good, actually. Really good. Atleti winning as well this weekend. Great win for them, 4-1. Very, very good win. Some some goals, which is uh, what every Atleti side need all the time. So, in La Liga, Real Madrid are top, Barcelona second by two points, Betis a third, and Villarreal fourth. Where are we going next? Serie A. Let's go Serie A. I think, yeah. Napoli still top. Uh, there was two late goals and two late wins. Yes. Inter got a 1-0 win over Torino. 
uh, Brozovic, a very late, beautiful, delicate late finish, gorgeous finish. Napoli with a late win over Spezia. Now, the thing about Napoli is Raspadori got this one and just highlighting how good their summer transfer business has been. All their signings have come and made a great impression. They've got depth, they've got goals. The one thing I would say is they, they haven't yet had a big Serie A opponent, a big Serie A victory, but it's early Napoli. days for them. Yeah, I mean, the, the Liverpool win yeah. is such a I think, that, I think that kind of maybe masks, well, not masks, but that's a good like retort, let's say, to Yeah, to people questioning. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, 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 Napoli just really exciting. Giroud with a winner against Sampdoria. A late penalty as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really impressive. Really impressive there. Just grinding out like the wins. It was like late win Saturday. I'm on. just loving the resilience of these teams that like, like Milan, everyone's coming for them now. Everyone sees them. They're, you know, they're the title winners. They're the belt holders. So everyone's coming at them, but they're really measuring up well. They're bearing up well. A team that's not bearing up well is Juventus. Well, before we move on to Juve, let's just shout out Atalanta as well, because yep. Napoli, Atalanta, Milan, all on 14 points at the top of, say, uh, yet to lose a game. Uh, Udinese are fourth as well. One point behind uh, Inter, a point behind them, and Lazio, a point behind them, and Roma, a point behind them in seventh. But Juve are eighth, yet to lose a game. However, they've drawn four. They drew another one on the weekend. It was a wild, yes. wild final few minutes of the game. Do you know what I love about, you know, how long have we been in this podcast now? Three years? <laughs> you know, one of my favorite things in football is seeing like four minutes added time and the clock go to like 101 minutes. Amazing. You know, I love that so much, right? I just love... It feels like the fourth official equivalent of the Elmo meat gif in front of the fire. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's just like, fuck the scoreboard. They burn it all down. Just, I'm swearing in an airport. I it's the contest. It was a str- the struggle without end. It reminded me of that line. You know, the, um, the second Arrested Development album, I think the intro goes something like, there's one path and one path only. The path of relentless struggle. <laughs> you, you Sounds see, like this podcast. Yes. <laughs> You see the injury time just continuing forever. And so this game, shout out to Salernitana, started really well, 2-0 up at halftime. Yeah, Kandreva. Cooking, he was great throughout, cooking Juventus. And Hertha Berlin legend, Christoph Piontek. Yes, Piontek has had a bit of a journey, it's fair to say. Didn't quite settle at Milan. Didn't fully work out at Hertha. Um, so 2-0 for Salernitana. And I think they got to the break and it's a tough one. When you're 2-0 up at Juve, it's twist or stick. Do you counter? Do you keep, do you keep pushing on for the third goal? Yeah. Of which more later, or do you sit deep? And Juve really came at them, spearheaded by Weston McKenney, who just gave them that impetus. And even when he was subbed off, you could see him still like pushing his team forward. And they pulled it back. They pulled it back. Um, goal early in the second half through Bremer. Really nice header. Onslaught then from Juventus. A couple of counters from Salernitana. Bonazzoli cut down the flank. Should have squared it. Went for glory in the near post. Game. I know. Sorry, a, 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 a you're just rec- recounting everything. Yes, yeah, wild. It's wild. And then, then, then um, Benucci gets. They get the late, late penalty. Very late penalty. Benucci hammers it. It's a really good save. It's a really good save. Yeah. But he follows up really, really well and clatters. I mean, it. I think this is probably the thing that's going to get lost in what happened in that last ten minutes or so. Right. Is that Benucci's finish with the rebound was is really fucking good. It's so good. It's so good because it bounces up high. It's at a, it's at an angle where it's quite a way away from his body and it's on his weaker foot and he punches and he it he hits it so sweet it's sweet because it's, 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 it's power but it's placement yeah punches it high so great finish and then Milik Milik gets this is two minutes later right this is, so this is we're now in injury time and it's like 2-2 two, two, and at this point it's like poor Salernitana you can kind of be like oh they shouldn't have sat so deep you're like they don't yeah. deserve to be losing they don't, I mean, the draw felt harsh 
Yeah. But, but for spiritual the, win. <laughs> a spiritual win. And the ball gets crossed in from a corner. Milik rises and just gets a beautiful angle on it because he comes quite... It's um, a really good header. It's an incredible angle because he comes very steep on it and he's very close to the near post and he just angles it right across. It's just brilliant. Keeper's just completely defeated in the flight. 3-2 Juventus. And then Q Bedlam. And at that point, I'm very smart because I'm like, I stayed up for this. I'm seeing the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... Every now and again, we start for a late game, you get rewarded like well, that. Well, occasionally your sleep patterns do re- rewards your they, weird sleep patterns because did, yeah, yeah. Musa was probably asleep until about 7.30 and then he'll wake <laughs> up for the game, go back to bed for a couple of hours, wake up at 2.30am, write a six, six tweet thread on like <laughs> some really heavy political exactly. issue of the day <laughs> and then bounce back to bed again and then wake up at 4.30 and post the Stadio podcast when no one's awake. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. That's it. That is the, a day of the life of Musa. If, if we were going to do like a behind the scenes kind of, hey, I'm Musa Kwonga, I do this, this and this. Today we're just going to do what I do in a normal day. And it'll just be like, oh my goodness. Catnap, awake, tweet thread. Oh my God. What watch a weird Marvel. Team. How does he get anything done? Watch, watch Marvel thing on YouTube. <laughs> when does he write books? Is Randomly he books? search Iniesta Backheel on Francesco. YouTube. <laughs> That's literally my day, yeah. It's his day. It's my wow. day. I don't, I don't know how you get so much writing done. That's true, actually. Good point. I don't Good think question. you actually write your books, actually. This is my hot take of the day. <laughs> this is my hot take of the day. So, um, by the way, shout out to, uh, just quickly, a little live tweet. Shout out to Matthew Day, who said, has it, f-? we posted a picture of us doing the about to record the podcast Matthew says has it finally happened are you guys on the run for one of Moose's takes yes I was like busted <laughs> busted oh, I do have a book out today German it, translation of the end it was all about love oh it's out today yeah it's out I thought it was already out shout to Myrish uh, Felag the publisher's here um, and translation by Marie Isabel Matthew Schlinzig did an incredible job translating to German and wow. it's called Es ging immer nur um Liebe so I literally do have a book out this week that's incredible let me just see if we're boarding yet we're boarding think, very soon. I don't think we are. Um, but uh, it's actually later on mine. So oh, okay. It gives us an extra five minutes on my boarding. Boarding soon, code. boarding soon. Maybe you have to board at 22 minutes past, and yeah, I have true. to board at 27 minutes past. It's true, it's true. Someone just going past with a trolley, so we'll wait. So all Bedlam comes in. So no, no, hang on. I haven't yep. told you my hot take yet. So okay, my hot take is that you don't actually write any of your books. That's fair. Because there's just no way you can get all of that done. I'm sorry, ah, there's ah, just ah, no way. There's ah, no ah. way that you can watch all of the I'm going to pick my words carefully all of the crap you watch all the time <laughs> I get very... and be so sociable <laughs> someone is always posting a picture of Musa being out somewhere and write so much there's just no way there's no way there's not in, There's not, I'm sorry there's no way someone once asked how I could do all this and I gave a very bleak answer along the lines of nothing else going on so yeah <laughs> unbelievable um, okay, so we need to talk about the aftermath. We were where were we? So Milik, Milik has just headed in. Yes, Juve is celebrating. They're all in the corner. Milik has taken his shirt off. Right, gets a second yellow card, and gets sent off. Right, but it doesn't really matter because everyone because Juve won the game. Yeah, they won the game. Right, they won the game. They've come from two 0 down at yep. home to Salernitana, and they've beaten them. Perfect. Or have they? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> VAR said not on my watch the referee signals for VAR a bit of a scrap kicks off before the referee even gets to the monitor Quadrado is sent off Allegri is sent off Allegri is sent off 
and don't Federico they, Fazio is sent off. Don't Serie A managers love a red card? So there is f- there are four red cards in the space of three minutes. And bear in mind, we're now into the 96th to 99th minute of four minutes added on. Eventually, or is the goal ruled out before this or after the kickoff? It's the, it, they kick off first, right? And then they check. The and goals, then yes, Allegri the goals, gets, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. no, this is it, right? So right. I think Millet gets sent off. There's a big kickoff. I then think Fazio and Quadrado get sent off. The referee goes to the monitor, gives the goal offside, and right. then Allegri sent off. I think that's the time. <laughs> I think that's the order because it all happened pretty fast. The Allegri read. But we need to talk about why it was disallowed for those who missed it. So basically, the ball goes into the corner. It's an unbelievable header from right. Milik. Benucci launches himself at it and doesn't make contact, but he's in an offside position. Right. And because he makes that action to go towards the ball to head it in, he then becomes active. And it's weird because I don't even know he was in. It the felt harsh. The only person who appealed was the keeper, Luigi Seppi. But it doesn't mean that if no one appeals, it doesn't mean it's not a sign. No, right, right, right. And it is like, from a Juve point of view, if you're a Juve fan, this is going to make your blood boil. Because right. Because it's such an unnecessary chalking off of, of a goal. And in reality, it's probably like one of those that's, you know, I talk about the spiritually onside Yes, thing. I think it was spiritually onside. And maybe this is me looking at kind of the flow of the game and everything else. Like, for Salernitana to have gone away with no point at all. It would have been cruel. Would have been cruel. But, you know. But it was one of those games and I said- Rules I, I, don't I, care about feelings. <laughs> they do not care. Facts don't care about your feelings. And don't <laughs> Why are you quoting people like that? God, you're going to be on Cristiano Ronaldo's Instagram oh soon being oh like, nice God. to see you, my friend. Nightmare. This game- I was I actually said this is it felt like when those games where both teams got a point I would have felt like they'd lost. Yeah. Actually, because Juve fall further behind, Salernitana miss out on a win for the ages. You know, to win there in that stadium with that atmosphere, with that performance. Although to be honest, they kind of didn't really push on in the second half. And they, they had more But the thing is they had yeah. chance they did have a couple they of chances did, to did. make it three. And the, they the did. thing that was the thing that I found really impressive though was that actually after all of that melee Selena Tana were the side who kept the composure. Yes, they just they kept the ball, knocked it around, kept possession in the yeah. corner and kind of wound Juve up a little bit for that yeah. final few minutes. Because there were still a few minutes to play after all yeah. of the shit calmed down. Yeah. Oh no. Sadiq, Real Sociedad, torn anterior cruciate ligament, oh, missing the rest of the no. season. And it started there so well. You've just seen that? Yeah, it just came up. Oh no. Awful oh. news. Awful. But yeah, so Juve... Dropping more points and kind of locked into this Allegri deal until 2025. Although we talked about it last week about Allegri maybe going. But the thing is, I think with those deals, what quite often happens with managerial compensation packages and stuff like that is that the clubs will pay their wages until they get another job. Mm. Part of me just thinks, just do it. Buy them out. Like, pay, pay, pay. I, I saw someone tweet, like, the problem is that you can't get rid of him. Yeah. So, well, you can. Just listen, you, not being funny, but Juventus has spent a lot of money on people who brought them a lot less success than Allegri. Yeah, I agree. And it's going to be a sunk cost fallacy because you're then recruited. It's not just you're spending money on Allegri for his salary. If you keep him there, you're then bringing in players that he wants that aren't right for the style you might want going forward. So just for me, it's like, pay the money. Like, Yeah, I mean, the, the recruitment in the summer has been not unbelievable. They lost, obviously, quite a number of key players. Well, quite a number of players. And they're still, well, they're still waiting Federico Chiesa to come back. Pogba back as well. Pogba to come back who got injured, which was, yeah, a bad bit of luck for them. Mm. But 
I don't want to get too revisionist here at all. And it's really, really, really easy to look back at stuff and with hindsight and, and make sweeping gestures. But I remember when Juve fired PLO yeah. and rehired Allegri, I remember us being like thinking this was a little bit ropey. Yeah. Because, yeah, that year under PLO was, it wasn't amazing, but they still won the Coppa Italia, right? They were coming off the back of that year with Sari, which even though they won the league, it was just like, there was so much shit going on there. Yes. No one really felt happy. Cristiano Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo wasn't happy. A lot of the other, like the, the shift that Sari tried to make from Allegri Ball, it was too swift. Yeah. But we read a lot of like PLO's stuff that he did for his, his qualifications and stuff that you could read online and listen to a lot of what he was trying to say about how he wanted to play football. And considering all of the, t- the stuff that he had to deal with that year, I thought there were signs of progress. And especially when they decided to get rid of Cristiano Ronaldo, we said that that really does open up. It does. What Pirlo looked like he wanted to do. Because you're with playing with a handbrake on otherwise. Pirlo? Yeah. It's like we've seen with, with Arsenal and Arteta as a prime example. Like, Look people, how long really Arteta wanna, people really want to play for him. Look how long Arteta took to get going. Yeah, exactly. And I think that what Juve have done here is. And, and uh, they might be fine. They're Juve. They're one of the biggest clubs in Italy. They'll be fine eventually, ultimately. But why go back to something that you try to move away from that? Long well, this ago? is we're going to get into this story. This is another conversation for another podcast, probably mostly Wrighty's house. But the Tuchel thing, just very quickly, like he wrote that note on Twitter about how he was yeah. devastated to be leaving. It was really sad. And here's the thing, actually, like let a coach do their work. And the thing with Chelsea is very briefly, I'll say this, but like there is a real problem with owners just not letting people with an elite talent get on with it. Mm. And the problem that Chelsea, of course, have now, and this is very brief because we're going to wrap up in a bit, is just that like, and it's applicable to Juventus as well. Like when you've got someone in place and you say you'll back them, well, in Chelsea's case, the new owners didn't, but still, you've got someone in place who fundamentally understands the game. Yeah. And it's possible to come in with your ego and your kind of main character energy, which is what the Chelsea owners have done. And they had a kind of real sort of, I think, honeymoon period that lasted about, I mean, a month, frankly, at this point. And it was all, it was all great fun when they were kind of hijacking transfers in the summer. It was all quite funny. But then now they put Graham Potter in a horrible position. Yeah. Horrible position because no matter what, if, if, if he doesn't get off to a great start in the next few months, everyone's going to be like, we have a Champions League winning manager who we loved. Who loved to and, be there. Yeah, who loved to be there. And so I just think there is so much to be said for owners, whether it's you know, Juventus, Chelsea, or else, actually giving a manager a chance to prove themselves or otherwise, because then the sacking will never be on you. Yeah. You'll always be able to say, this didn't work. We can move forward clearly and cleanly. And they can't do that. They couldn't do that with Pirlo. And they won't be able to do it uh, at Chelsea with Tuchel. I just hope whoever the next appointment is at any of these clubs is going to be the right one. Well, I mean, we, we hope Graham Potter as well because, do, yeah, of course, because yeah. we, we love Graham he's a great Potter. Coach. I think he's a great guy, a great coach. I think it's very, very difficult walking into a dressing room where the previous manager was extremely popular and he wasn't fired for bad results, really. Yeah. It's way too early in the season to be firing a manager on a results basis, I think, yeah. in that half of the Premier League when you're someone like Chelsea. So, yeah, I think it's going to be really tricky for, for Potter I think you'll maybe this little break in fixtures was actually a really good thing for him because it yes. gave him some time to work with them. But going back to Allegri, it's something that we'll touch on a little bit because we really do actually have to run for our plane now. Yes, yes. Um, we literally have a plane to catch. Yeah, literally. But um, there's some rumblings around Juve and people aren't happy and 
The football hasn't been great. They've got one of the, the best up-and-coming number nines in Europe at the moment, who's kind of digging them out of trouble occasionally. But yeah, Juve struggling to fire up at the moment. Yeah, really are. Uh, we really should get out of here. Yeah, we so should, we should apologies if this was short and breezy and a little bit kind of lacking on depth, let's say. But uh, we had to get this out before we travelled. So um, yeah, don't forget to check Wright's House. We'll go up Tuesday on the Wright's House feed. Uh, Stadio will be back later in the week. And yeah, check the ringer.com for all things Ringer. There's some really good stuff up there on the moment, so go check it out. Football, NFL's back for all you NFL fans. Don't forget to check the Stadio Outro's playlist on Spotify. We are playing out on Jealousy by Alhaji Waziri Oshima. New one out on Lawaka Bop now. Anything you want to add, Moose Wakwonga? Nothing further. All right, man. Uh, much love, everyone. Uh, we will be back on Thursday. Let's go get that plane.